Good morning, Rabbi. Good morning, Joe. <laughs> As the eldest son in a Catholic family, I was supposed to go into the priesthood, and I did consider it for a while until I found out what celibacy meant. Now, what called you to be a rabbi? That must be a great story. It really is, especially in light of your thinking of becoming a priest. So I want to begin with my home. And there were two of us, my older sister, Carolyn, and myself. And I want to start my story with bar mitzvah. In the Jewish tradition, when a boy becomes 13 and a girl becomes 12, they're considered Jewish adults, not adults as in an adult, but rather being responsible for fasting, for observing the holidays. And if you have the skill, you could lead services, you participate. So it means being accepted into the community of Israel. And so you don't want to let that event go by without having a party, a, a ceremony, an acknowledgement. Now, Judaism does not have any sacraments like the Roman Catholic Church, but rather we mark moments when things occur. And so when you become 13, you have a bar mitzvah, which means son of the commandments. And you read from the Torah, you help with services, there's a religious ceremony involved, and then there's a party of some kind. And this is recognition, acknowledgement that you're now part of the community. So it's a rather big event. As I was preparing for my bar mitzvah, I had spent the previous five, six years in religious school, and I was a very difficult student. I gave my instructors in religious school a hard time, the same hard time I gave my public school teachers. And I was always labeled as a troublemaker, as a problem, both in religious school and public school. Motorcycle boots and the leather jacket? Not quite that, but <laughs> close enough so that I was sent to a special high school for, and it was only for boys, a high school for boys of questionable behavior. And it was a chance to redeem yourself or recover or go into the Marines. And so that was my public high school. But we, we're now, I'm now coming up on my bar mitzvah. We meet with the rabbi. And after bar mitzvah, we have graduation from religious school, which is 10th grade. And we call that confirmation, which is similar to your confirmation. It's a time to confirm, to vow, to understand that you're entering the religion. So 10th grade becomes very important. Bar mitzvah, hey, a 12-year-old, a 13-year-old, they're not mature in any way. And if we were to base religious acceptance on maturity, a girl could be 12, the boy would have to be 36. So <laughs> we can't just use age for that. But you have the ceremony, but so confirmation is more significant because you're older and you do more studying. And the normal procedure is the rabbi likes to put pressure on the family to keep you in so you don't drop out after your bar mitzvah. So you stay on through the 10th grade with more serious studying. So there's all kinds of pressure and deals and they can't not have a bar mitzvah, but there's a lot of things. Well, in my case, my parents were told that I could only have a bar mitzvah ceremony if I did not continue. 
That was the deal my parents had to make. <laughs> Bad rabbi. <laughs> so that set the, the stage. Those were the seeds. I had, I had my ceremony, and it was on Halloween. I had my ceremony, dropped out. Didn't drop out. I was ejected. <laughs> and I had no use then anymore for Judaism, for religion, for anything. I was done. Um, the or organized religion made it very plain. There was no place for me or anyone like me. You must have been something. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> and as it turns out, Joe, and I was diagnosed as an adult, I have dyslexia, mixed dominance, and some other learning disabilities. But in the 1950s and 60s, a child who had learning disabilities was called a bad person and was sent to the principal. There was no understanding of learning or anything. And so that ended my religious school career. High school went the same way. So I was sent to, it was a commuter school for boys who either were going to be expelled, expelled, transferred for whatever reason. It's kind of a last chance. So here I am at the school and it's time to pick a college. Okay, what do I know? Right? What did you know about picking a college? <laughs> you went to some arty school? So in any case, it, I, I was accepted Brandeis, BU, Northeastern, and Boston College. Four choices. Mm -hmm. And to pick what? Talking with my parents. And it was decided I would do better with a, a small, structured college. And in the 60s, Boston College was a local, small, Catholic college. It wasn't what it is today in terms of size and acceptance. And so um, my parents said, BC. And I said, okay, what do <laughs> I know? So I was accepted at Boston College and I was class of 68. The last class of Boston College arts and sciences of only men, jackets and ties required, required retreat every year, required philosophy classes, required theology classes. I had to take, knowing I was going to go to BC maybe a couple of years before, I started studying Latin because I had to take the college board to the afternoon exam in Latin because that was a requirement for BC. Freshman, theology, we're studying the Summa Theologica in Latin by St. Thomas Aquinas. And our instructor knew there were only two students in the class that really knew Latin. The rest of us, Agricola, Agricoli, Agricolorum, the rest of us could do Agricola, but <laughs> basically there were a couple of students, but the Jesuit who taught didn't care because the goal was to learn the material. And he didn't care how other students were helping with the translations and stuff. And so I began studying at Boston College and it was a small school. And you knew the brothers who were studying. We took classes with the brothers who were studying to be Jesuits. So they were my classmates, as well as nuns and Jesuits as instructors. And it's always fun to compare my experience with the sisters and yours, because at the Catholic college, they were fantastic. They were instructors, they were teachers, they were compassionate, and none of them carried a ruler. And then <laughs> when you talk to the people like yourself that went through the primary levels, it's a very different experience. Oh, yes. 
So I'm moving along and people start knowing I'm Jewish. People started asking questions about Judaism. I don't know anything. Not only did I not know anything, I made a point of not knowing anything and never <laughs> learning anything. Keep going on, talking with the brothers, I'm talking with the Jesuits. And it started to bother me that I was embarrassing myself. They're asking questions about Judaism and I make a joke, I shrug it off, I don't answer. And it's the same people. It's not like I'm in, after a while, I got tired of me. So I started studying. I started taking some classes outside the school and I started delving into Judaism, not Judaism for the ignorant masses, because that I learned from the Jesuits. Sophomore, junior year, the general, the head of the Jesuit order was in the mm -hmm. United States and he came to BC and he had a private session with the dean, the instructors and all our Jesuits. And our understanding was he read them the riot act because they were much too, not loose, they were much too truthful and making too much fun of and taking issue with. And of course, the, the visit lasted about 20 minutes to half an hour. Then our Jesuits went right back to teaching us. And I realized that there were levels. And what I hadn't been taught, what I hadn't been exposed to was sophisticated Judaism, was what it was really about. And by answering questions and talking with the Jesuits, I became closer to Judaism and realized that I wanted to teach this. I wanted to teach what Judaism had to offer for spirituality. It's not about hollow rituals. It's not about following laws diligently and then doing whatever you want. There's a spirituality. There's a connection. You had an epiphany. I did. And my epiphany was over a couple of years, not instantly. But yeah, that's exactly right. It was a, an epiphany. And it was in because of the Jesuits, no one ever tried to make me into a priest. No one ever tried to talk me out of it. In fact, just the opposite. The Jesuits encouraged and helped me discover my Judaism and what Judaism had to offer. At no point was there any ever pressure, discussion, disparagement, no anti-Semitism, absolutely nothing. Exactly the opposite. They embraced my quest to Judaism. And then I said, gee, what does it mean to be a professional Jew, a rabbi? So I talked with my old rabbi and he was 100% behind supporting me to go to seminary. Same rabbi that wouldn't let me have a bar mitzvah. Because he saw the difference, he saw what happened. And as it turns out, the best decision I ever made, not only by becoming a rabbi, but in terms of knowledge, in terms of my education. And when I do interfaith weddings, when I do non-denominational weddings, and I'll meet some people, we'll be talking afterwards, and we'll be discussing philosophy, religion, history, almost anything, inevitably, one person will say to me, which Je Jesuit school did you go to? And this happened many, many years ago. And I talked with a few people 
And it occurred to me, and they said to me, you think like a Jesuit. And they said, the only way you could have been trained would have been by the Jesuits. In, and I said, what? In, in talking with you and listening to the way you present or how you argue or debate, whatever it might be, they, they said, I'll, they had a Jesuit education. And they said they could recognize it in another person. I didn't realize that. And that's very similar to rabbinic training of discussing the Talmud. It's a, a way of thinking, a process. And I, I didn't go to a Jesuit college. I went to a Jesuit high school. But yes, it's the same thing. You don't realize it at the time, but you're constantly challenged to think and explain and consider and whatever the topic is, and uh, especially if it's religion. And we had a lot of great discussions. So I can, I can relate to what you're saying. I just Googled your old rabbi, and it turns out he converted, and now he's a Jesuit. <laughs> So I think, I think it's curious. I went to a Jesuit school and became a rabbi. You went to a Jesuit school and decided not to be a priest. So <laughs> I'm not quite sure what the score is. Oh, thank you, Rabbi. Or should I say, tibi gratias ago tibi tanto. <laughs> thank you. It's been my pleasure again, Joe.